Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sam and Greg on this MLK holiday. We're in for John and you for about another hour or so. Then we're technically on for Steak and Sandra. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to cover both yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, we're that crossover act. So, <laughs> so that's us on this uh, on this holiday morning. Uh, we say to you, good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a good morning to you folks in Riverdale. Wonderful Riverdale. Yeah. Down in Clayton County. Wonderful Riverdale. Oh, Highway 85 going home of the Raiders. Why you say it like that? The Riverdale Raiders. You, know, you got a couple things you've been doing lately. This what is cracking do do me like, up. What do I do when lately? you say that what word, I, you, do? you do the, no, the bad impression of what? somebody doing a bad impression of Al Davis. <laughs> and then you've been messing with them folks in Lafayette. Lafayette. And, and no, I ran into some folks from Lafayette. See, there weekend. you go. Um, did they I was, say something to you? Uh, no, they didn't they, they didn't know I picked on them. Uh, but 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 they were here for the tennis event, by the way, that I that I emceed the, the awards luncheon. And some of them were some of the folks from Louisiana won some awards. And they were actually from Lafayette. Well, good for them. Good they, didn't, for they, them. they didn't bring me none of that food from down there. That's what they could bring me. They could bring me some of that gumbo stuff they cook up down there. It was pretty good. I wanted to say to you earlier, yeah. and I keep forgetting, and mm-hmm. if you don't listen to Sam and I on the weekend, there's just these little things that we try to do. Because we're, we're, well, not so much Mr. Crenshaw, more me, but he, he well, lately I've been a bad influence on him. So we're trying to get into, <laughs> we're trying to get a tour of the Google building. And one and, of the th- you noticed it now. I have n- I, I I notice it when I come in because you've been hitting me with this and and just intrigued by the color changes and things like that. You know they've been doing that with the King and Queen building forever. I know, but this is right in downtown and it's new. 
It's the new shiny toy in downtown Atlanta. Is the Google building. Well, the Google building changes its color. Sam and I used to have this thing when we would leave work, and this is during the timesheet days where we had to take them down to the eighth floor. And as we were going down to the eighth floor, we get off of work, we knew that Larry Tinsley was working. The gold standard of radio in this city. Yes, he is. Right? And Just a treasure. But we would guess what color suit he had on because Larry was leaving here and going to church. And he looked, every time you see Larry Tinsley, he's looked like he's ready to go on stage as part of the Temptations. <laughs> Impeccably attired. Just, just crisp. Impeccably attired. Crisp is yes. the word. And we would guess, you know, what color suit is. So now we're doing this with the Google building. As we come into work, <laughs> what color are you going to think it is? So it was blue today. Blue. The, the, and those are the lights at the very top. Well, the G <laughs> was multicolored. Yeah, because the le- the letters will change colors. Sometimes we mo- And sometimes they'll be all... That building does a lot of tricks, man. Just so, that's <laughs> just on the outside. That's the part. So he I don't know what's in this building. I want to get on the inside of yeah, this building. Yeah, because it does a lot of tricks. It, I wasn't that in trouble you, with it. But no. No. You would, well, wait till you come through again, and they have the colors changing on the top and the letters. But we're looking at the outside. They're making it bright and shiny so everybody looks at it, but we don't. The inside could just be like, you know, no, like the inside of the world if, of Coca-Cola. No, if he's doing that. Well, that's interesting inside the world of Coca-Cola. Well, okay, but, uh, maybe not the world of Coca-Cola, but the, uh, the Coca-Cola cool. offices. It's interesting. You've been in there? I have been in there, both uh, sides, international and, and Okay, okay, yeah. Whatever that's they call a, it. Interesting well, things well, in there to see things. You've you been in the corporate offices of Chick-fil-A? Uh, no. They used to have in the lobby... The Batmobile. Well, I'm that, not kidding you, man. They got a bunch of cars. Then? I don't know, but it, when you went into that, to the, into I, that I tell you what, corporate if, offices, if, if they if they still had it during the pandemic, they delivered some chicken with that thing because <laughs> that's when they that's what that's what they perfected during that time was really man the drive through and delivery. That's true. They did. Yeah, they did. They yeah. perfected that. Yeah. So if they still had that Batmobile, it was <laughs> happy 43rd birthday on the 16th day of January. To Albert Pujols. Man. Happy 43rd birthday. What a season you last year. You talk, no, what, what a, a career. What a career, that but what a season. That dude is on the back of a yacht you, with his feet up right now. You know what, though, you want, that's how you want, that's how you want to go out. Exactly. You want to go out the way he did. And Not that only that, to be that, one of those few dudes who exuded power in a time when everybody else who did that were looked at with a skunk eye. And Albert never had any of that come his way. Not that I can ever remember. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You know, so, it's a remarkable career. Not the only athlete celebrating a birthday today. Happy 54th birthday. Mm-hmm. Roy Jones Jr. Hey, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's great. You know, I saw him play basketball once. There was, there was a, I forget the league, not the CBA, but it was like a, a minor professional basketball league. Right. And that was his workout. Rather than do road work like most boxers and whatnot, the, the gym playing basketball is what Roy Jones loved to do. And so he was actually on this pro team, you know, playing against some guys who were trying to, you know, get a get a 10-day, you know, somewhere that is a precursor to what now the G League. And, and he was hanging, man. Roy, Roy could ball. He, he really could. So, but, I mean, it was it was neat seeing somebody who had reached that level in one sport. You can just, you know, I'm playing some basketball, man. As a mm-hmm. fan, I'm always going to feel a certain kind of way about Roy Jones. Jr. Didn't have that rival. Well, not only that, but he, he also got it. ripped off in the Olympics. Well, that too, and I think and that's, that's the one that gets that's the thing that, that drove him. I mean, of course, we talk about folks getting ripped off in the Olympics. Our homeboy, you know, Evander Holyfield too. But but um, Roy, we remember what happened with, with him in the Olympics, and just um, you just wanted to have that that rival, that that other person that you had that trilogy boxing trilogy with. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't get to have that, but a great career now, great career, good dude. Sammy Greg, Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game ninety two nine The Game dot com. All right, let's go. Down under. Oh, there you go. I got it finally. 
Yeah, look at it you. It took me a minute. Yeah. Down under. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with this Australian Open? And uh, listen, this is bordering on a who cares event now for me. No, not, 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 no, no. I know not for you. Because not for me. Not I, but Karyos is out? Well, not with, uh, to me, you, you, you ain't tuned in to see what, what, what Coco Golf does? Again, I said almost. Okay. So as long no, as she's, this, she's still there, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm watching right. what's well, going on yeah. on the women's side. You know she, how I feel she, about Joker. She won, she won in, in her first round. We had match. a local she, she winner too, right? Set. Uh, she won. Rafael Nadal won. In four sets to open things up, uh, Switek, the number one um, um, number one women's player, was one. Jessica Pagula uh, wins six oh six one. She was uh, moves on. American wins. Um, Sophia Kennan falls to Victoria Azarenka. That's an upset. Well, not really. Azarenka is twenty four seed. Uh, twenty four seed, and she was a winner. So she's out there still. You know, of uh, uh, you know, a champion from the past that we know. A match that just finished moments ago. Uh, Madison Keys, American of Madison Keys, was a winner uh, in three sets. She had to really battle to fight that one out. Um, let me see who else. I'm, I'm going to get to our homeboy in a minute here. Um, Francis Tiafo was a winner. Did you see that outfit yet? I'm, I'm, I still you have got to see this outfit that Francis Tiafo played in. Uh, Nike has designed something that looks like it's something that Peter Max drew up or something. You oh, know, right? yeah. that, you know what? That's my artist. Okay. That, if I'm getting Salvador Dali or Peter Max, okay, I'd well, fill look, my look, house if I had all the money in the world. That's what it looks like that, that this guy's wearing from from last night. If you if you Google him or, or look him up and uh, on Twitter, and you'll see what he had on. He was like, my goodness, who came up with this? Um, Daniel Medvedev, straight sets, a winner, the seventh seed. But the winner that we want to talk to, and I'm trying to see if we can track this guy down. Uh, there was winner, a wild card into the field. Um, as we talk about folks who played, you know, high school from our area, Christopher Eubanks is a first-round winner, uh, was a winner in five sets. I mean, he was out there three hours and eight minutes, and he was out on court 15, so he's not on one of them stadium courts. They got him, you know, way out there at the, at the bus stop. You know, when you got them courts, you got them mini courts. I'm just, why are you saying it like that? It's just funny, a funny picture. Somebody standing out there with their racket. And <laughs> it's it's just, when you got that many courts at an event that size, everybody can't play Everybody can't play in Rod Laver Arena. By the everybody way, I'm, say, I'm looking at this outfit he's wearing. What would you think of that? I'm, um, I never did hallucinogenic drugs, <laughs> but I'm saying if I did, that pattern would start moving <laughs> right there in front of me. This is crazy. <laughs> Nike gave him that to wear, man. Well, it's got people's attention. Could you believe Nike put that dude that up? I can't believe he agreed to wear it. Why not? It, uh, but but you know that there the variations on that. The the women who are sponsored by Nike have a skirt that's like that. They're not wearing both top. Well, I guess yeah. they may have a top that they could wear too if they wanted to. It all depends on if you want to be seen in that thing. I mean, it's, it's, how much money are they paying you to wear that? It's not well. You're under contract at Nike. Is, yeah. You're under contract. Because they lay out what you wear, you know they 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 you know when you know because you're you're a billboard for them. Right. Actually, people are going to see that and going to go to the Nike website and order that. Absolutely. I, none, none for me. No, thank you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll pass on it. He's known for wearing, no pun intended, colorful outfits. Colorful, yeah, but not like this. Well, he's taking it to the next level. Yeah. Listen, how long did we see Serena do that throughout her career? Well, she did something she different. Wear, they had a whole different attire for her. But the point is that she, she didn't have to wear it. She sometimes she wore the Nike, and you saw a couple other ladies wear. It, but mostly, she got her own thing. And she and Sharapova. She wore things you know, that nobody else was wearing. Right. Sharapova had a little tea leaf, shiny little tea leaf. Uh, looked like a. We still talking about her? That cheater. 
I'm still with her. She got, Sharapova. She got, she got her money in the bank. And then and all the things she was saying about, you know, the Williams sisters early on. I got a problem oh, with her. Man, she was fine. Popping yeah. off there in the locker room. That she stuff all, came out. She all right. She cool. Talking about people waiting by the bus stop. Hey, well, she ain't waiting by the bus stop. She count. She counting her cash. Uh, <laughs> what's your money? This is but, a but nice shout out to Chris though. Eubanks, yeah. though. I, 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 I'm, we're going to shout out to him as being a local product. Georgia Tech and uh, Westlake High School and wins his first-round match at Fab State. He's had a really strong uh, offseason uh, playing in some tournaments leading up to the, to the majors uh, to end last year. Unfortunately, he was losing to this guy named Ben Shelton, who is the next thing in American tennis. And we, Karen Pastena talked with him a little, talked with us about him a little bit yesterday. First time out of the country. This guy didn't even have a passport. That's true, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and so he's over in Australia getting ready to play. Big guy, and the thing about him is, you know, his dad played professionally. You know, Brian Shelton was coach of Georgia Tech women's team, now coaches Florida. They won the men's championship NCAA last year with his son being the number one uh, collegiate player before turning pro. Um, but here's a guy, you look at him, and you could see him playing other sports. He's not this slender dude. He, he got a little stock to him. Right. And we always talk about, you know, players with different athletes in this country being funneled into other sports and maybe getting into tennis. We don't have tennis players in this country look like Rafael Nadal. We just don't. No. They, they, you, if you built like Nadal, you get funneled into something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Here's a guy who actually, as a kid, played peewee football. He played, played football, basketball, soccer, played other stuff. Tennis is what he didn't really gravitate to until he was 12 or 13 years old. So here's a guy who brings a different mentality out to the tennis court playing for the United States. I really like what this guy could do. We talk about the next thing. This guy might be the next thing. And he's Atlanta-born. He's right. born here in town. Yeah. You watch right. for him. Australian Open going on. And listen, if there's a big story this week, we're going to talk to Karen yep. at the end of next week. Absolutely. So we got two more weeks with this stuff. All I got to say is up next, folks, there is a guy out there who wrote a book about all y'all. Mm-hmm. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 <laughs> The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Help you cry Brother, brother, brother There's far too many Of you dying Sports Radio 92.9thegame 92.9thegame.com It's Sam and Greg on this MLK holiday Monday morning Where we are in for John and Hugh And in about 40 minutes We'll be in for Steak and Sandra yeah, we will. Imagine how that works like that, right? How about that? Like Beautiful change. day outside, too. Beautiful day outside. Says, Sun's out. A uh, little bit chilly, but it's due to warm up uh, as the day goes on. So hopefully if you plan to get out and be a part of some of the activities that are happening uh, in and around the city, come on out. There's a lot to see and do uh, in our area on this holiday Monday. Diane Fossey. Foss, Foss, yeah, Fosley. Fossey. Huh? Yeah, Diane Foss, Fossey. Remember that name? She slept with gorillas. Remember that? Gorillas in the Mist? Oh, Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah. Okay, all right. It yeah, would have yeah, been her birthday yeah. today. Okay. So okay. there you go. Just throwing that out there as we bring on our guest. It has nothing to do with gorillas, <laughs> but <laughs> but some people act like that. Want to get into the title of this book, this, this, this book that was written about, as, we, as I said earlier, about all y'all, because we're all fans. Absolutely. We're fans of something. And I want to get this right, so please don't, don't hold it against me. I want to, uh, David Sakoyak, did I get that right? 
You got the David right. Sequoiak. <laughs> Sequoiak. Sequoiak. Good morning. Sequoiak. Forgive Good morning. Me, morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh, our pleasure. And let's start with this. Uh, again, fans have more fun. Right? Excuse me. More fans friends. Fans have more friends. Yeah, fans. you could extend it to fun, too. Yeah, so uh, I've been doing research with sports fans for years. Um, my my, uh, my co-author, Ben, who's at Fox Sports, um, you know, we, we started when I was working at the Knicks and Rangers. Um, and we, we were building off of this, this insight that is kind of obvious to anybody who's a sports fan, that to be a fan is to be part of a community, that you are going to games, you are watching games because of other people. There were other people involved. You weren't doing this alone. And we began studying further with, uh, when I started working for Ben at Fox Sports and saw this pattern, you know, whether it was for baseball or the NFL or the World Cup back in 2018 and Give us this hypothesis. Well, if this is true, if the social relationships are actually incentivizing what is fan behavior, when we think of it as like, oh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just loyal to the team, but it really is, I have all these friends in this fantasy football league that I can't stop watching the NFL, um, then fans should have more friends. So we developed a survey to test the proposition, and this was a few years back, and we've run it about a couple dozen times, and every time it shows, the more engaged of a fan you are, the more friends you have. The more engaged a fan you are, the more you value those relationships, the more you interact with those people. And the more engaged, this applies to family, the more engaged a fan you are, the closer you will report being to your mom, to your dad, to your spouse, to your kids. Okay, I guess that's interesting. I have a couple things. You're looking at me funny too, Sam, right? Go go ahead, go ahead. I just, I I think part-time fans like that, but you know what, I guess if you don't see fans for a little while, you're friends for a little while, you're still your friends, right? Because I think a lot of this doesn't necessarily have to do with the play on the field or on the court. It has to do with – because we talk about this all the time, uh, David. We have people who go out to Braves games just to drink, just, just to be out at the chop house, just to be there. And, again, it's a social setting, and those friends yep. go for all of those Braves, those home games. So I get what you're saying. Is that So it, it, how much of the – is it the friends and how much is it the sport or the sports team that well, you're going so- there? So what it is, so you're, I, I think you're, you're picking at something here because it's really nothing to do with us on the field. It's the, the beauty here, why fans have more friends, is sports gives us more occasions to gather. There's a reason to get together. There's a reason to gather at the water cooler um, today to talk about uh, last night's game or the Giants game or the char- what happened with the Chargers. Um, these are, the, it's just, you know, those occasions are always built in. And then next weekend we'll have more games to talk about and, and then so on. And everyone gathers for the Super Bowl, And then you repeat that every single year. And then when you add in other sports, you, you know, when baseball season starts and it all, you know, the, just the, the long schedule, the everyday schedule of that, you have constant opportunities to reach out to somebody to say, hey, let's go to the Braves game Thursday night. Um, did you see that play? How did he fumble the ball at the goal line? All these things are ins for conversation. You take those things away, the ins for conversation, they, they can happen. People, people survive without being sports fans. But what, you know, what, what our data reveals is when you actually put people on a spectrum of how engaged of a sports fan you are, there's all sorts of social benefits that happen. So it's not only they have more friends, the bigger fan you are, the, 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 the more you report in being engaged in sports, the happy you, happier you will report being. Um, the more confident you are, the less lonely, the more um, optimistic you are about the future. On and on and on, there's all these benefits, well-being benefits that, that come out of being a sports fan. And it's not because of sports. It's because of the social connection that is created through sports. 
Yeah, yeah, folks, we're spending time on the WaitForIt.com hotline on this holiday money morning with David Sikorjak, and he is social. David Sikorjak, you can find him on Twitter at D Sikorjak, at D Sikorjak on Twitter. Uh, the name of the book is Fans Have More Friends, and I can't wait to ask you this question because where we've been the last three years have kind of put this to the test because a lot of times we couldn't see the, uh, our friends who were fans um, because games weren't taking place or the games were being played and fans weren't allowed to go and we had to do things virtually. Talk about how this time period has really challenged uh, the, the fans who are friends and look forward to that camaraderie, seeing the people that they share this common thing with or how they were able to make it survive virtually because it's really been tested in recent years. Absolutely. And I, I think the, it gave us the opportunity to write this book and test some of the propositions um, around it, whether, whether this held true. And yeah, I, I mean, not being together, you know, we, we talk about in the book um, the difference between a strong tie interaction. So those are the, your relationships, your, your spouse, your parents, um, family, close friends, close work colleagues. And then, uh, and those during the pandemic, those suffered, but you were able to do more gatherings. You, were, you could be more purposeful with those with your strong tie connections um, and still talk about whatever's going on in life, you know, minus sports for that short period that we didn't have sports. But we also talk about weak tie interactions. And those are the people you don't necessarily know. You might not know their name. It's somebody at the coffee shop, somebody you might see, uh, you know, kind of driving into work or a parking attendance or something along those lines. And those really suffered during the pandemic. We lost the people on the periphery of our friends network um, that we couldn't have um, the usual interactions. And the beauty of sports is it can facilitate both of those types of interactions. You can talk about it with your dad. You can talk about it with your kids. Uh, talking about it with your spouse, and you could also just have a random that you see who has a Giants cap on today, or who uh, who's a Ravens fan, and you know, and have something to say to them, and open up that interaction. And, and the point here is, those interactions, whether they're the strong tie or the weak tie, are all important to our our overall well-being. So yes, the the pandemic really challenged that because we didn't have the opportunities to talk about things and talk about sports the way as sports fans we we enjoy doing it. Okay, David, so you and your partner, you guys are sitting around, you're talking about this idea. Then you go, you know what, we got a book here. So you start to research it, and you start to write it. During the research and the writing of the book, what is it that most surprised you? What is it that you learned that you weren't expecting? Great question. Um, you know, we have a line that we use over and over, um, So, you know, and the kind of purpose for we wrote this book for sports fans, and to realize this is what's actually happening over your sports family, it's good for you. It's good for others, and it's good for society. So lean into it. And the good for society stuff was the, the stuff that was most surprising. And it really comes down to how we are polarized as a country, right? We, are, we live in two separate worlds, um, you know, being a Republican, being a Democrat. There's things in our lifestyle, you know, the places we shop, the clothes we wear, the where we vacation, what shows we watch, could, could actually indicate whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. And they have nothing to do with politics. And we have kind of grown separate apart. We live in different neighborhoods. We watch different news outlets. Sports is the one thing that actually is kind of transcends that. And you know, so what we find in, uh, in, in our research was, there's, so, so, thinking about, um, there's always been this uh, dying trust of institutions in this country. And what we found was the more engaged of a fan you are, um, the greater your trust, the greater your confidence in these institutions are. That didn't surprise us. What surprised us is a lot of institutions are kind of 
lean one way or the other or polarized to one side or the other. So take uh, police or the military, for instance. Republicans generally have more favorable opinions of the police and military, Democrats less favorable. What we see is that when we split Republicans and Democrats out, the bigger the fan, the, the more confidence, the, the higher the opinion of that institution is. And that holds for Republicans and it holds for Democrats. And then vice versa, um, something like uh, college professors or the news media, negative views on the Republican side, more positive views on the Democratic side. And what you see when you split them apart, the more engaged of the fan as a Republican, the higher their opinion of the news media will be, the higher their opinion of professors will be. It will still be low, but it moves. And, and that's our point. Um, and we write about this extensively in the book, that the interaction that sports creates and being able to interact around common ground makes us feel less um, adversarial versus the other side. And we need a lot more of that in this country right now. Very much, very much. We're spending some time with David Sikoriak, uh, co-author of the book, uh, Fans Have More Friends. Where can people get the book right now uh, and talk about the, the availability for people? Yeah, it's, it's available right now wherever you get your books. Um, digitally, you can probably find it anywhere. Um, you have to check with your local bookstore if they have it. But uh, you can get it on anywhere you buy your books digitally. You know who I'm thinking would be a good person? I would imagine you or your partner maybe put an audio book out for, for your work here. But if it weren't you two, I, I, I'd pick this up if Charles Barkley were to, 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 read it. <laughs> to read it for you. Talk about a guy who threw a fan through a window. Yeah, let's have him. <laughs> voice this <laughs> david listen we can't thank you enough uh i it sounds like a great read and you know it's something i never this is a phrase i never said before fans have more friends you yeah. think when you think about it yeah you're probably right i just Food never thought. thought about it Food for thought but a phrase that you know yeah it'd be one of those and our, and our goal is to like you as a fan you realize that you know there's a when there's a game on it's an opportunity to text somebody and text for you watching this is really code for how's it going how's the family how's work going and we, you know, that's the kind of interaction sports actually fosters. We think of it as, you know, you opened up about the gorillas. Um, we think of us as being this kind of fatuous behavior, and this is silly, and you're wasting time. And, you know, we all watched football all day yesterday. So I was like, that was a complete waste of time. But no, we have amassed social currency that, you know, we watch those games with other people, and we can talk about that with other people on through the week. And those, are, those interactions are really important for our just overall well-being. David Sikoyak, uh, we can't thank you enough for getting up and being part of the show this morning. Much uh, success to the book. Fans have more friends. And, again, enjoy the rest of your weekend, man, and, and thanks again. All right. Thanks for having me on. All right. He remembered my open phrase there. Yeah, he did. Bringing up gorillas. <laughs> remember, remember some of my insignificant information that happened how, on this day. How about that? Could end up being his next book. Yeah. Well, you know, that. Diane Fawzi, he slept with gorillas. Um, who did Ethel Merman sleep with? It's her birthday, too. Oh, that's a that's a picture I can't get out of my yeah, head. Yeah, really. Coming up next, and let you know where you can grab some of this money flying through the air. Thanks, it's that time. Thanks to the film industry. It's that time. And we got you in front of the camera too. I got some stuff. I had Sam cracking up laughing yesterday. If he takes a second and thinks about the one opening that we have, well, not opening, but the the need that one of the casting directors have. We'll just put it this way: we put you in the mind of Bob Marley. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929 thegamecom and take us with you on the Odyssey app. This is what started, Sam. What started it? We didn't hit the beginning, but you know, this is what started it. <laughs> okay. On that. But it was kind of hard to catch it, but eventually you'll know what it happened on this day. Happened on this day. The first one.
You ready? First one? Yes. Bond. Graham is Bond. Okay. Thanks to Ian Fleming. Yeah, mm-hmm. today, uh, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. In for John and Hugh, still for another 20 minutes. And then we got Steak and Sandra, top of the hour. That was uh, James Bond theme. Today was the day that Dr. No premiered. The Very first one. F- the first James Bond. Where was no toupee worn. That was actually his hair. Sean <laughs> Connery. See, see. Um, I thought you said you didn't call it that in the business. What? You don't call it a toupee. Well, I just said that for purposes of, well, then they did call it a toupee. But now it's a unit. Depending on, well, listen, if it's a full, you know, thing, I just call it a wig. But I went, I was ushered to the, I was ushered to the hair and makeup chair and was told, yeah, we need to put a unit on Greg. And that's what they did. Eric, what you call it? What do you mean? What do you call it? We, 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 why, we, why are you putting we, him on spot? Yeah, what, 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 what you, somebody put something up there, and you know it's, it's, it's not, it's not. They weren't born with it. <laughs> Look, you have it, a little, it's called uh, fake weave. Or yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> when you see Samuel L. Jackson in the movie, he got hair. We all oh, know yeah, he's bald. Well, yeah, he he's wearing yeah, a unit, yeah. and, and his stuff look horrible sometimes. Too. <laughs> Now that's a former boyhouse. That's from man. a fellow boyhouse man. That, well, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, you just y'all always proving the phrase. <laughs> y'all all going at each other. Anyway, uh, we are here. Uh, listen, this is this is uh, I haven't had many since we've turned the calendar in front of the camera a list of job opportunities for casting calls. But as you sit here on this 16th day of January, it's back up and running. It, it, I mean, it is full blown. Now, as we sit here on this is Timely, because on this MLK holiday, I'm here to tell you about the first casting I have up on the casting call list, which, by the way, you can see at 92.9thegame.com slash casting call. You can also see it on Get Cast with Greg on Twitter. Central Casting is doing is, is casting for the next series of Genius. Okay. Say that properly. Mm-hmm. Genius is something that you will see on National Geographic Channel. They have had a, I won't call them docu-series, but they've had three, three people who have fallen under the genius category. They pick another genius, I have, maybe it's quarterly. But the first one was either Picasso or Rembrandt, and then the second one was either Picasso or Rembrandt. I can't remember the order. Oh, All I know is the third one, and I, had a, I was blessed to be in that one, and it was, with, uh, it was about Aretha Franklin. Okay. All right. Well, they're making the next one, and it is called MLK slash X. Hmm. So it's about Martin and it's about Malcolm. This week, Central Casting is looking for black males who look like Jesse Jackson did when he was eh, between 21 and yeah, 30. Yeah, Jesse. Let, yeah, late 30s. We're talking Operation Push Jesse. Okay. Big Afro, looking like a member of the Jackson 5 Jesse. All right. That's what they're looking for. There are specs here, there's sizes. You want to run through all of them, but this is the first one on the breakdown Central Casting. This is for the Project Genius, looking for a Jesse Jackson look like. And you're going to work multiple times. Yeah, you don't have to speak. No, no, no. You, you ain't got to do a do Jesse that, impression. You do all that rhyming that you have to, you know. So you have to, don't, wor- don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's just, it's just the look. Now, Rose Locke, back up on the, on the casting I call am list. somebody. You don't know you have to say that. Doing the Fra- I'm just going to keep going here. The Francis Ford okay. Coppola Project. But you know, you keep rhyming, though. This is good. A little background <laughs> something. Francis Ford Coppola project, you know, is a, there is a, a ton of A-list actors in this movie. Well, this week, 
Rose and Seal Casting, by extension Seal Casting, have a need for males, all ethnicities, to play not only Secret Service agents. Now, this is a period piece. You're going to be back in the 60s. Okay. So, short of you walking around right now with a haircut that looks like Darren Stevens or something like that, you, they're going to, you got to allow them to give you that haircut. As long as you got no problem with that, you're good to go. And of course, you got if you got tattoos all the place, you got to cover them up. Yeah. Folks, oh, yeah. that wasn't as visible back then. But they need Secret Service agents for multiple days. They also need NASA launch technicians. Okay. Now, I say that not knowing that there's nobody out there who's going to be submitting themselves that have that sort of experience. So basically, you're getting the look. Go back and look at um, like Apollo 13. Okay. And how Ron Howard had all those guys inside there, Ed Harris, um, and, 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 and his, his brother was in there, um, Clint Howard. But okay. it was all about the 60s. So that's under Roselock Casting. Here's the one that got you going on. And, of course, Disney Project going on with Extras Casting Atlanta. Destination Casting January's got a new film where there's a reoccurring role. They need men and women in the ethnicity to be a part of a neighborhood and marathon goers. You wanted to put them in a jogging suit yesterday. That's fine. But what you need to be comfortable with, and actually, I went and investigated, and so I apologize to you because technically there will be, but just by the, the, the extras who will be in support of what's going on in the scene, as they wrote, there's going to be lots of moving, walking, jogging, et cetera. You're right. And I made fun of you yesterday, and I shouldn't have. So well, you were right there. Take right. your pictures. Submit your pictures if you want to yeah, do it. Yeah. some kind of warm-up outfit. I guess that'd be okay. That's yeah. destination casting. Here's the one that almost got me arrested yesterday. Uh-oh. But I had to tell you, <laughs> listen, this is part of the industry. I have said all manner of things when I've talked about casting calls, and I make you look at me funny, turn your head, make a Scooby-Doo noise. Like, what? And I say to you on a regular basis, whatever happens in life, whatever it is, at some point somebody's going to put it in a film or a TV show. And they need those people to reenact that, whatever it is. So all aspects of life are depicted in these projects. So having said that, yesterday I was telling – we had Garrett with us yesterday, uh, one of the dopey millennials. <laughs> yeah. And I brought up this particular need by casting Taylor made. There is a film that's being made called 420. Now, anybody right. who enjoys April 20th knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Anybody who – has taken a trip to Jamaica, knows what I'm talking about. I'll leave it at that. But I'm going to get real about what they're looking for. I thought you were talking about Sweetwater, but go ahead. They're looking for males and females, any ethnicity, to portray people smoking weed at a party. Mm. 18 to 30 years old. Now, here's the deal. This is, this is the magic of movies. You have to be okay with smoking an herbal-type joint provided by production to be hired. And when you turn your, you know, the corner of your lip up and you act a certain way, think about every time you've seen somebody smoking a cigarette. It ain't a cigarette. Well, you don't you know see that. Them, no, I know that. I know that because there's other actors who don't want smoke around them. Right. So they have specially produced cigarettes, cigars, things like that that they use in the industry. We can do a whole show on money. And, you know, all them dollar bills, all those bills that you see, mm-hmm. all fake. Mm-hmm. Is As real as they look. And not only that, they have, they, there is a government agent on set anytime there is money given out for a scene or if it's used throughout the production. I told you my story when I was working on Tales. Yeah. There's a true story. I'm playing a bartender. The scene is this guy, this actor comes in, he's, he's in the bar, and he's looking at this girl. So he comes up to me, orders a drink, pays me for the drink. 
and then goes and finishes the scene talking to this woman. So we do the scene about three, four times. And every time I give him back the money, it's like $30. I give him back the money. We reshoot the scene. He gives me the money back. We finish shooting. Now, when I take the money from him, you know, I fold it and I kind of put it in my pocket. Right. I'm wearing a vest, you know, um, and like a bartender's vest, and I put it in the vest that I'm wearing in the scene. Finish the scene. We're done for the day. We've wrapped for the day. I've gone back to my little trailer. I've changed. I am literally walking from the trailer to my car. Over the loudspeaker and in, over the entire base camp. Attention, Greg Clarkson. Please report to production, please. Greg Clarkson, please product, uh, retort, report to production. Yeah. I go back. They can't find the $30. There, I'm talking 30 fake dollars. Oh, okay. okay. But it's money that's not accounted for. And they called me back to make sure I got it. And it was in, my, in that vest. My point for saying that is money looks so authentic these days, they literally have to have some sort of agent on set. And whatever amount, if it's a $1,000, if it's $10, if whatever the amount is, that money at the beginning of the day yeah. is counted and accounted for. And if it ain't there at the end of the day, somebody has got some trouble. Whoa. Okay. They don't want that money going out there. Yeah. And because things are so real today in 2022, 23, that they have to literally, that's part of the business of show business, which I tell you about from time to time. They have to have a security agent, some sort of government issue, uh, government agent on set or there when the money's dispensed in production to account for it. And it has to come back to him and he accounts it at the end of the day because that money gets out in the streets. Oh, please. Yeah. That's just again my point for saying that is right. they know how to cover their bases. They know how to cut corners. So if they have you in a scene smoking dope, the next time you see some sort of Cheech and Chong thing, whatever, that's just know that it's an herbal type joint that's <laughs> provided by production. So again, you'll see this when casting Taylor made 420. They need not only 420 partiers, but they need couples and singles. Again, couples, any ethnicity to portray folks, you know, smoking weed at a party. And by the way, if you're applying with a partner, please put their name in the extras, um, uh, in an extra questionnaire. In other words, you're going to fill one out. You fill one out for whoever you're going to be coming with. Okay. And if you're by yourself, they will, you know, team you up with somebody. Anyway, we still got those jobs. And what I was concentrating during the holidays was the behind-the-camera jobs. So that is still there, that link. When you see film industry and voiceover information behind the camera, I get you started with Georgia.org. I've got the link to the Georgia uh, Department of Labor so you can get that certificate for any minors that want to get on. And I've still got a couple contacts. You know, there's some voiceover people that have been reaching out to me. Really? Because we've been talking about Bill Seller and yep, Atlanta Voiceover Studio, right. mm -hmm. but there are others who, <laughs> who want me to send business their way too. I, you know, Bill, Bill is a friend. Bill has worked in this business. You know what's great about Bill? Because Atlanta Voiceover Studio – has, you know, they have areas for workshops, and, and it's a it's a freestanding brick-and-mortar location, okay? Bill is himself, and he's got a studio someplace, and he, he helps you from soup to nuts. Whatever your need is within the voiceover world. You want to get started, you somebody who are already in it, you just need a new demo, uh, you're doing it, but you need somebody to help you with your auditions, whatever it is, Bill can get you started. But you know what Bill's good at? Helping people like you and I. Okay. He worked with Willie P, who worked here at the station. Right, right. Bill worked in the industry. The hardest, one of the hard things for people like us is to take the radio out of our voice when we're doing voiceover work. Because you go in there and you think, I, 
Big radio voice here. Come, come down to Pet Boys. He says, no, no, you got to get rid of that. And he's helped me. And he tells me. He says, hey, dude, you're going to give me traffic and weather next? Get that radio dude out of your voice. And we're in the studio. He's yelling at me. Yep. But Bill will help you with that. Anyway, you guys got any questions about any of this stuff? Greg.Clarkson, Odyssey.com. And, again, you can see the list up on Get Cast with Greg on Twitter. I'm supposed to be in, like, this afternoon. We tape it sometime over an hour now, but it's the holiday. And today, Monday, is the day I'm on with Cannon on Star 94. But I don't know that I'll be on with yeah, him. But I'll, I'll, leave, I'll go downstairs do see what's up with him. And then tomorrow with Ramona on V103. Okay. So we let this casting call go out to the masses because it ain't about me. It's not, listen, I've been trying to get you – you guys, these jobs for 12 years, and I'm going to continue to. And I have pointed thousands of folks toward the casting directors who have booked them, and I couldn't feel more special. And it was just something I landed on a long time ago, and I'm happy to continue doing it. So, again, greg.clarkson, odyssey.com, if you got any questions about any of this stuff, and good luck to you. Going into the 9 o'clock hour, we are going to talk to Bob Rathbaum. I said it right. I've been saying this thing wrong. I'm sorry, Bob. Put an A in his name. Anyway, Bob, of course, talking Hawks. we got to get an update on him as we move into the second half of the season. And we're going to talk about the events going on around town on this MLK holiday. It's Sam and Greg. We're in for John and Hughes. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.